The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's just it's not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Femini. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Now you're very welcome back So 35 minutes gone Brazil 3, South Korea nil Is where we are this evening So Brazil very very comfortable to say the least They will uh, you suspect cruise through To play against Croatia On Friday We will also have Netherlands Argentina on Friday and then Saturday promises much France against England World Cup quarter final after France were 3-1 winners against Poland yesterday and England were 3-0 winners against Senegal yesterday evening Philippe Claire is with us good evening good evening to you uh, Kylian Mbappe featured on a BBC <laughs> uh, feature before their opening game against Australia and he was reflecting uh-huh. on the World Cup four years ago and he was saying, I'm a different player and a different person now. And he's, he's spoken very good English and he said this oh, with just a degree of uh, <laughs> sincerity as, as opposed to in a boastful way. He said, four years ago I was good, now though I'm a superstar, is his uh, <laughs> quote. And Gary Lineker yeah. quipped afterwards, if only they could give him some confidence what a player he would be. And really yeah. from uh, minute one, he has been extraordinary in this World Cup and he has felt, uh, maybe with Messi to an extent, but he has felt like the sun and this World Cup is orbiting around him from minute one and that has very much continued. Uh, is he playing as well here as you've ever seen him play, club or country? Um, he's playing no I, I've seen him play at the same kind of level actually I remember seeing him play at this kind of level even when he was with Monaco and uh, he's played a few games with PSG uh, I mean he wasn't that bad at the World Cup in 2018 we shouldn't <laughs> forget that sure um, and he's had a few decent performances what I think perhaps is that he's, he's evolved I think he is um, perhaps making better use of the ball now than he used to uh, because obviously when you've got the kind of almost supernatural talent that he's got, technique, the intelligence, perception of space, acceleration, you name it, he's got everything. Uh, a temptation is would be to win the game on your own, you know, as you do uh, in a schoolyard when there was one kid who, who is much better than all the others and dribbles everybody and scores. And sometimes he, he's been guilty of doing that, and including with France, by the way, in, it, in games that took place not that long ago. Here, it's been different. Um, perhaps it's due to the way, in part to the the way uh, Didier Deschamps has recomposed his team because of Karim Benzema's absence, which is something that must be spoken about, talked about. Uh, maybe it's also due to him simply thinking, maybe how can I go beyond where I am now? And listening to the advice of some of his elders, um, I mean, Mauricio Pochettino, you might have heard him, you know, had him at Paris Saint-Germain uh, said very recently that they, he had still a margin for progression and the domain in which he had to make the most progress, according to Poch, was in his special awareness and the decision-making. And I think he's doing that already with France. Uh, and you will have seen that some situations already and in some tight games where... He would normally have chosen the path of individuality. This time he chose a partner. He did the right path. He didn't try to do too much. 
we still saw a little bit of showboating here and then, you know, which is to be expected. But I think he's, um, he's matured for that. Yes. And he's lost none of the qualities that made him so special from the very beginning. You know, he was singled out when he was 12 years old as being a future world beater. There's nothing that is that surprising about it. Yes, I'd agree with all that totally. And even his pass for Giroud for the opening goal exemplified yeah. what you're talking about. That speed of thought, the vision, the recognition of the dynamic of the situation whereby he could mm -hmm. have tried to take more out of the ball, but quick touch, quick touch and goal is created. There is uh, often <laughs> a struggle to say something very new about him. So I'm going to hand over to yes. Maddie Cash here. Maddie Cash uh, had the uh, misfortune of uh, marking Mbappe yesterday for Poland and speaking afterwards he But he got his jersey Well indeed he wasn't even disappointed he was he, he almost came out to the press and said well listen I mean we all know the reality of the situation here I gave it a shot you know what's going on here so he gave a great description of what it must be like to face Mbappe he talked about spending the afternoon watching his clips on bed and trying to prepare for it and then the reality being mm. somewhat different so he perfectly explained the dilemma you face marking Mbappe he said you know, France are in possession. I didn't know whether to drop off or to go tight. Anytime I went tight to Mbappe, he just spun in behind straight away. And obviously, if you drop off, then Mbappe has the ball and he stands you up and you're in trouble. And what he said about when Mbappe has possession, and we've seen Mbappe do this throughout the tournament, he said, when he gets the ball, he stops. And so then obviously you have to stop with him. And then he moves. And when he moves, he's the quickest thing I've ever seen. And... That is the ultimate dilemma. You, you you go tight, he's in behind you. You let him have the ball. Yep. And he does this thing where he stops. And because he has the ball and he's in control of the situation, you as a defender have to wait for him to go first. And who wants to give Mbappe a head start? I mean, it, it really is a nightmare scenario to the point that the only way to handle him, whether you're Kyle Walker or not, is to uh, call for reinforcements, I would think. Yeah, I would say I would say so. Um, to be honest, I you know, that reminds me of Garincha. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about way back in the past, but um, have a look at uh, Garinch's performance against the um, Soviet Union in the World Cup uh, a long, long time ago. And you will see exactly that, a player who is never more dangerous than when he stops. Mm. And then the defenders panic because they know what that's, what's coming to them, but they haven't got a clue of how to stop it. They just don't know how to do that. It's just too quick. Yeah. The, the, the fleet of, you know, of, of, of feet is absolutely um, extraordinary. Um, and he's, which is, I mean, one of the reasons why I'm almost convinced that England is not going to play with a four at the back on Saturday. And that um, Kyle Walker can sometimes, especially he's not a fully fit Kyle Walker yet, who is coming back. Um, he has these moments too. And he's got great recovery speed, but his recovery speed is not superior to that of Mbappe. And so, therefore, I would imagine that Southgate is going to go for um, kind of double trick. Yeah. Um, so having Trippier at right back plus uh, Cal Walker at uh, on the right of a back three, uh, that would make a lot of sense. And I would imagine that's one of the ways you try to. Um, to control him. But the problem is that if you control him, there are others to control who are also pretty pretty nifty with the ball at their feet. And um, because, you know, it hasn't been a solo act by Mbappe no. uh, in this World Cup. He's been the outstanding performer in terms of goals scored and the quality of the goals he scored. But Giroud has been magnificent. Uh, Dembele has been the best he's ever been with France, I think. 
And the one who, for me, has been the absolute star has been Antoine Griezmann. Ah, I'm so glad uh, you brought him up. I, I, he was next to ask you about, because Giroud we're, we're more familiar with. Uh, mm. But um, given the injuries to Kante and Pogba, we were, and we spoke to you on the eve of the tournament and you had your concerns about yeah. the injury profile yeah, of the squad. So. Yeah, And so ahead of the Australian game, when I saw the team and I saw Griezmann in that midfield three to the right with Dembele ahead of him, I thought, well... This could be a, an area of vulnerability for France. And uh, well, you can tell me when this happened, but when did Griezmann become hardest working midfield general uh, <laughs> since uh, at this Kante? World Cup. It's, it's incredible. Uh, at, at this World Cup. And he's always been an incredibly hard working um, centre forward or support striker, which is his favourite role normally, which is as a kind of nine and a half or even a ten. Uh, he loves to have the big guy in front of me or the point of reference ahead of him be it Benzema or, or Giroud. I think he prefers Giroud, to be honest. Um, but to deploy him in that particular role is, um, I wouldn't say a stroke of genius, because it's not exactly rocket science, but it is very imaginative still, mm. and he's quite brave from Deschamps. Mm. It's been, he, he considered the situation with the team that, okay, I'm missing the greatest, you know, ball recovery footballer on the planet, yeah. Golo County. Yeah. I'm also missing uh, a man in Paul Pogba who is a, a wonderful midfielder who can spray the ball 60 yards and with throws as, as being an absolutely magnificent servant. We've spoken about that many times. Yeah. Uh, so you get Chouamani, who is superb, who is very, I mean, it's pure sobriety in the way he uses the ball. He's a great shield. He's smart. He's quick. He's physical technical, he's got everything, but he needs help. And then you've got Griezmann, who does for the French team what he used to do at Atletico as a support striker, as a striker, which meant that he was pressing so hard for Diego Simeone, getting so many balls back as well. But in the final third, the difference is that he's gone back 30 yards. Yes. And that you have this um, hunger for the ball, this um, also, I mean, and I cannot praise him enough for that, Imagine a guy who is one of the greatest or, you know, greatest goal scorers in the history of the French national team, sacrificing himself at the age of 31 to become a supplementary midfielder and creator. But because of that, that's why he's been playing 71 games on the trot for France, which is absolutely unbelievable. He is, I mean, he's been the reason why France have looked really convincing. Because the fact that Mbappé is... He's a bit of a genius with the ball uh, at his feet. The fact that Dembélé is super quick. The fact that Giroud can score loads of goals. Yes, we all know that. Yeah. We were not ready for this with Chouamini being assisted by Griezmann, pulling deep, giving Rabiot, whatever I think of him, a much freer role, which completely suits his type of football because he's prone to the old mistake. And if you play him in a more withdrawn role and you see Rabiot as a defensive midfielder, at one point or another, you're going to have problems. Not in this World Cup. He's not playing that role. And the way Deschamps has been able to put that together, I think, deserves a lot of praise. Even, you know, I'm I'm not his greatest fan, but I have to say, well done, Didier. You've really sorted something out here. Which required a lot of intelligence and obviously which he is, um, but also imagination and, and courage. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, you stop short of calling it a stroke of genius, which is probably the right point to 
to call a halt to the praise. But uh, we can all analyse why it's working. But to, to dream it up in the first place shows yes. a real footballing insight in his part. So that, I think that, that merits um, praise for sure. And I guess you know Giroud is is, is having his um, having his moment, and and it's probably well mm. deserved, much underrated all these years in so many quarters. So uh, good for him. You know, he seems like um, a popular player with his teammates, actually. Yes, very much so. You saw that picture with Kylian uh, Mbappe. Yeah. The two, uh, you know, when he's holding, when he's holding Kylian, and it's like it's like brotherly love. Yeah. And uh, yes, he is really appreciated. I think people have a lot of respect for him. Um, it's one of the strange ways in which he's in the world. He's in the World Cup team uh, when he shouldn't have been. And the reason why he's in the World Cup team is because Karim Benzema is unavailable. Uh, he's also playing because Nkunku is uh, got injured, and therefore, to be honest, I don't think that Deschamps has got much of a choice. And also he's there because he forced Deschamps to reconsider his opinion, which was like, that's it, Giroud is finished with the French team. And then suddenly, as as per usual, every time a club decides that Giroud is, uh, can be put in the bin, uh, he goes to another one and he proves everybody wrong. And he goes to uh, to Milan and he becomes an Italian champion and he scores 22 goals. And people think, isn't he a bit old for that? And the answer is no. He's got absolutely, absolute belief. You talk about the, the, the belief that Kylian Mbappe has got in himself. Giroud has it too, mm. in a different way. Mm. But he has it. He doesn't express it in the same way. He hasn't got the talent that Mbappe has got. He certainly hasn't got the speed. But he knows how good he is. And so, therefore, you've got very, very, some very strong characters in that team. And which is one thing perhaps we should think about is that Perhaps of all the team I've seen in the tournament, uh, it's one which has got those type of players throughout all the lines. Mm. Um, because I see, uh, well, Hugo Loris, of course, you know, you don't get 142 caps and be a world champion for nothing. And he's still very much there. I think you showed it against uh, Poland again. Um, you go the central defense, which we thought would might be a prime because of all the injuries. You see how Upamecano is growing, and Rafael Varane is such class. I mean, so classy. And then you go through the midfield, think Chouameni, yes, is a boss. Griezmann is a boss. Uh, you look um, at, at Giroud, he's a boss. Mbappe is Mbappe. You know, you carry on like that. You think, actually, that's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. And it's much stronger than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, because well, I, of all I, the injuries. I, tr- I tried to know. tell you. I tried to tell you to stop being so miserable at the start of the tournament, and uh, I've been proven correct. No, I had my doubts, <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> Um, I'm happy to be having proved wrong so <laughs> far because let's wait until Saturday. Maybe all of this will crumble. We well, maybe, know. maybe. England have the same fears. I mean, it's so beautifully set up in that respect. Um, mm. Just before we go, because the clock, unfortunately, is coming against us. Uh, the football has really taken centre stage over the past yep. week because it's been so dramatic. And I, the way the media works is, you know, working in it, at times you can repeat yourself ad nauseum, but at a certain point there's there's no new way to talk about... Uh, human rights and, and the issues off the pitch and it's it's hard to think of something yep. new to say and occasionally what happens is somebody says something which gives uh, new fuel to the fire. I had banked on it being Gianni Infantino who might say something uh, but it turned out Arsene Wenger uh, this yep. for so many years wonderfully erudite thoughtful man well uh, I'll just play the clip for people who haven't heard it he was speaking yesterday in Doha now I, I suppose a key point here is that Wenger 
is now very much on the FIFA payroll. He's FIFA's chief of global football development. And uh, he references yeah. Jürgen in this clip. This is Jürgen uh, Klinsmann, who's also working with FIFA. And uh, they are having every now and then press conferences to talk about the technical aspects of the game. And he was asked why some teams had performed at this World Cup and others hadn't. Have a listen. When you go to the World Cup, you know you have not to lose the first game. Other teams who have experience, they have results in the former tournaments like France, like England, they played like Brazil, they played well in the first game. And the teams as well, who were mentally ready, like Jürgen said, at the mindset to focus on competition and not on uh, political demonstrations. I was like, I'm just so surprised. I, I, I don't know what's happened here. And also, geez, he's picking and choosing his teams, isn't he? I mean, he's ignoring other examples and, and picking uh, some. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, ignoring the example of the most um, outspoken team of them all, uh, Australia, who perhaps will remain the team of the tournament or have achieved more than anybody else. And uh, we, I think we all remember this video that they put out, the, the Socceroos before yeah, the yeah. World Cup, and which was incredibly eloquent and incredibly nuanced, but incredibly strong as well. Um, I can also think of uh, what happened to Belgium, who absolutely um, totally collapsed um, when they were... They had to uh, take a political position and decided not to do anything about it. We didn't serve them very much, did it? No, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty shocking statement. Uh, but it is, uh, I think, in keeping with the way that he's gone, a, 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 a part of um, Arsene's personality, um, which is not necessarily the most attractive, he's been a pundit for being sport for a very long time. Yeah, He's never had a problem with that. Uh, when he joined FIFA, he must have been aware of the fact of what kind of FIFA he was joining and what kind of regime he was joining. He's been traveling the whole across the whole world, all, all continents, with Gianni Infantino, serving as a kind of caution, in a way, for, for Gianni Infantino, kind of giving him legitimacy, yes, because we're talking yes. about a great football brain and a great football person. And he's done all that, and I think he knows perfectly well uh, what is going on here. Uh, he was already a, a loudspeaker for the Biennial World Cup. Do you remember that? Which yes. is one of Gianni Infantino's great projects. And in this particular instance, he, he decided to make this pronouncement without being prompted at all, something that totally came out of the blue for everybody. People were really shocked about it. And I don't think he cares. And that's um, that's very sad to say that, but I really don't think he cares. Uh, I think for him, football has become something which is so... Di- in a way, consumed it's in its own um, essence that can really genuinely live in a bubble, that he can look at it like that. And the only thing which interests him, him interests him, which is crazy for somebody who has such, you know, um, an open mind when it comes to world politics and 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 history and so on. And when it comes to football, he's got it's not a blind spot. He decides to become blind, and um, it's something he should be taken to task for. And um, I hope to be able to do that at some point. I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, because to be honest, that he's he's been getting away with it for quite a long time, ever since he he he, he joined FIFA. But there is a larger problem here at stake. Here, I think. I mean, before the tournament, we've been speaking together about this. I think it's totally possible to enjoy uh, the World Cup because the World Cup is the players and the, and the fans. Mm. The players have been great. The fans have been fantastic. Mm. Okay. All the rest is rubbish. Mm. Okay, let's just remind that us of ourselves. It's a, it should never have happened there. What happened because of the World Cup is god awful. We should be 
talking about it and not be afraid to talk about it and talk again about it. But the problem is that when a tournament progresses, people fall victim to this very strange Stockholm syndrome. And it's it's like, and excuse the, uh, the, uh, the parallel, but I'm sure that people had uh, some lovely holidays in the Black Forest in Germany in 1938. It's totally possible to do that and to become completely unaware of what's going on around you. And if you limit your own experience or your own reading of a situation or a context to your own personal experience and are not do not broaden your mind to see what is happening beyond that. The fact that there are those migrant workers camps, which are just like a few miles down the road, in which people live in absolutely appalling conditions, are exploited, have been exploited for years, and will carry on being exploited. If you don't realize that, you can have a great, great World Cup. You know, it's absolutely, absolutely fine. You will think everything is great. Mm. And you hear things such as, oh, there's been no hooliganism at this World Cup because there's no alcohol. There has been no hooliganism at a World Cup for a very, very long time. Got nothing to do with it. Mm. You know, you could carry on like that. But it is, unfortunately, the way it goes. And this is, Joe, why states, authoritarian states, dictatorships go into sport. Because after a while, people get used to that. And they only use their own personal experience, their own prism, which becomes a prison to see, to talk about what is going on there. So... What's happening in Qatar is awful, and the World Cup is wonderful. Yes. That's what we have to live with. Yes. Uh, Philippe, thank you so much. Thank you. Philippe Beauclair with us live on the line there, and our football coverage is brought to you by Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, Premier Sports, Halftime Brazil, for Secreano. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports